Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. Well, this morning we are wrapping up this series we've been doing this last few weeks called Hats. Everybody say hats today. And what we've been doing is we've been talking about some of the hats that we wear in our lives. And all of you today, you got different hats that you that you wear. Some of you are a parent, a mom, or a dad. Some of you, you got to put on sometimes the employee hat or the boss hat or the leader hat or all kinds of different hats that we wear in life. And so through this series, we've been looking at a few of the different hats that we wear as followers followers of Christ. We talked about what it means to put on the worship hat and to wear that and to be a worshiper as we follow Christ. We talked about what it means to be a member of the body of Christ and to put on that hat. Last week, come on, I think we need to give it up one more time for an incredible job by Pastor Amber. Yeah. And she talked about what it means to put on the woman hat, the mom hat. In fact, she even talked about some of the hats that we put on that we shouldn't be wearing, that God didn't call us to wear, that we need to take those hats off. Man, I'm telling you, incredible, incredible word. Today, we're going to wrap this thing up by talking about a hat that I believe that God has called every single one of us in this place to wear this hat. In fact, today, you you may even think, well, I'm not called to wear this hat, but I'm going to tell you, you are called to wear the leader hat. So everybody say, I am a leader. I am a leader. We're going to talk about that today. And to really kind of jump into this subject, we're going to look at this passage in Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number two. In fact, if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and open up there, turn with me there in your LifeGate app or wherever you want to follow along today. While you're doing that, let me just remind you next Sunday, I am so excited about Candace Payne next Sunday. How many had ever seen the Chewbacca mom video before, before you saw it here at the church? Some of y'all need to get out a little more. I'm just saying like most of you had seen it. In fact, I checked it before church this morning, but that video has over 11 million views. That is unbelievable. And this lady is a, is a powerful mom, Christian follower of Jesus. God is using her in incredible ways to spread joy in a world that doesn't have a whole lot of joy, right? And this is the deal is this, this, this year, our word for the year is family. And so we're doing this for you and for your family next Sunday, family style service. We're going to have snow cones for everybody. Hopefully the weather will will be better next week. And we're just going to enjoy that. But it's not just for you. It's for people in this community who need to be a part of this family. And we're just trying to make it easy for you to invite your friends. And this, I'm telling you, it doesn't get any easier than this. Share her video with your friends. Text it to them. Put it on their Facebook, whatever, and say... Lady's going to be at our church and invite them to come with you next Sunday. I'm telling you, I believe that we're going to have a great time together, but it's only if we all come together and participate, right? So how many, how many will help me with that? Thank you for those three hands today. Yes, we're all going to work on that together. All right. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number two. Let's read it together. It's on the screen. It says, when the godly are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked are in power, they Grown. Here's the deal, guys. Man, check this out. When there is good leadership, don't we see it all the time in life? When there is good leadership, people thrive. 
In fact, you can look around. You can see this. Like you see it in the world where we live, in government. You can see it when there's, when there's good leadership that people, that people thrive. You can see it in the workplace. Like when there's a good boss and there's, there's a good manager, a good leader, that the people in the workplace, they thrive. You see it, you see it on sports teams. That Sports teams that have a good coach and have good leadership. Man, they win and they grow and they thrive. You see it in churches. You see it, you see it even in families where there is good, godly leadership. The people thrive, right? In fact, I like the way John Maxwell says it. If you've heard of John Maxwell, great leadership author, talks about leadership a lot, written dozens of books about it. And this is what he says about leadership. He says, everything rises and falls on leadership. And isn't that true? Like you can look around. If you, you can see an organization that is successful and growing and doing well. And every single time you can point back to the leader. But you can also see organizations. You can even see families who are struggling. And almost every single time you can trace it back to the person who is in charge. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And when there is good and godly leadership, the people thrive. It's so important. This leader hat is so important. And here's the deal is I believe that God wants to raise up some leaders in this world. In fact, I look around and I see in the world that we live in today that there is a real lack of good godly leaders. But I believe that there are some good godly leaders sitting in this room today that God wants to raise some of you up to be the leader that God has called you to be. And I know what you're saying. You're saying, oh, no, 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 not me, not me Pastor. <laughs> I'm not a leader. You know, I, I don't know if you know who you're talking about. Like, I don't have leadership skills. I don't have the leadership gift. Nobody would want to follow me. I'm, I'm just not a leader. And here's what I would tell you today. Every single one of you sitting in this place, I believe God has called you in some way or some form to wear the leader hat. In fact, that leads me, we've got three points today. It leads me to my first point, And that is simply this. If you're taking notes, you can write it down that everyone, everybody say everyone, everyone has a person to lead. The truth is every single one of us sitting in this room today has a person to lead. You say, who is that person? I'll tell you who that person is. That person is you. Every single one of us are called to start by leading ourselves. In fact, all leadership really starts right here. How can I ever lead anybody else until I first know how to lead myself? It all starts, it all starts with me, self-leadership. And here's the problem with this. All right, you ready for this? The problem with this is that I'm the hardest person to lead. Isn't that true? I mean, think about it like. The hardest person to manage, the hardest person to lead so many times is, is myself. The most difficult person at work, you know who it is? <laughs> Me. <laughs> the most difficult person in my family, you know who it is? Me. The most difficult person to lead tends to be myself. Self-leadership is, is so difficult. You know what I, I, you know, we all have this tendency or this temptation. I know I do it when my leadership is struggling a little bit to kind of point the finger at others and go, well, they just don't want to follow. Come on. Everybody ever done that before? Like I'm trying to lead my family, but they ain't following. And what's wrong with that staff member? And what's wrong with those church people? Why don't they show up on a rainy Sunday? You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's real easy to kind of point the finger at others. But most of the time, like it really comes down 
to me? Am I leading myself? In fact, some of you have been tempted to do that before to like in your family, just think, man, you know what? My, my kids, they just, they just won't, they just won't follow my leadership or my, my, my wife. She just, she's not following my leadership. And so I'm just, I'm gonna go find me a different wife or whatever it is. You know, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, what's wrong with that church or what's wrong with that job or what's wrong with those people? I'll just go find another job or another church or I'll move to a, to another city. And there's one problem with that. And that one problem with that is this. When you go to another church or another city or another job, guess who goes with you? You do. And so before I can ever lead anybody else, guess what, guys? I have to learn to lead myself. Self-leadership is the most important chair because we all sit in it. And every one of us is called to put the leader hat on if, if, if for nothing else than that we are called to lead ourselves. Every one of us have a person to lead. And that's us. So how do we lead ourselves? Well, I think there's a couple of things. If you're taking notes, you can write them down. When we are leading ourselves, the first thing that we have to have is we have to have some self-awareness. Everybody say self-awareness. See, here's the deal, guys, is that self-leadership, you know where it starts? It starts with self-awareness. It starts with knowing myself. And we've all, we've all seen those people before. We all have people in our lives that, that really are clueless when it comes to self-awareness. You know what I'm saying? Like some of you are thinking of someone like that right now. Some, you know, you work with them or, or you know, you, you, you know them from the neighborhood and they're the, they're the person that they just keep talking and keep talking and keep talking even when everybody else is like, but they please shut up. We don't care. Come on. Anybody know anybody like that, right? We've all known people like this. Some of you, we've been people like that before, right? And what is it? There's this... There's this complete lack of self-awareness. There's this, you know, maybe the person at work that, that they're constantly pointing the finger at somebody else. And everybody knows it's really them. Everybody knows except, except them. You know, it's like the person in our family that's constantly insensitive to everybody else. And there's this lack of self-awareness. And before I can lead others, I have to start by leading myself. And before I can lead myself, I got to know myself. I got to know who I am. I got I to gotta be in touch with what's going on inside of me. I got to know my strengths and I got to be aware of my weaknesses. Come on. I've got to be in touch with my emotions, right? And how do I handle those emotions? And even how do those emotions affect the emotions of other people around me? Come on. I'm helping you today. I'm, I'm talking about if I'm going to lead myself, I got to know myself. Like what are my values? What is my vision? What am I good at? What are my tendencies? I've got to know these things so that I can lead myself in the direction that God wants me to go. Before I can lead others, I've got to lead myself. In fact, Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 3. Look what he says. He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? And how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. What's Jesus talking about? He's talking about self-awareness. He's talking about, hey, before I can lead somebody else, before I can point somebody else in the right direction, I got to make sure that I know who I am and that I see the stuff in my life so that I can deal with it. Now, Jesus is not saying that we can never coach someone or lead someone. 
or correct someone, right? Some people will take this verse and say, well, you just can't judge me. or That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, before we can ever lead anybody else, coach someone else, correct someone else, we better make sure that we have led ourselves. And it starts by seeing the plank that's sticking out of our own eye before we start pointing at the speck in others' eyes. You have some self-awareness. But that's just where it starts. This is just where self-leadership starts. It starts with being aware, but number two, write this one down, or letter B, whatever it is. Write this down. Is that is this. you got to go from self-awareness to self-management. See, here's the deal, guys. It does absolutely no good to know how I'm feeling if I don't then, in turn, manage those feelings that I'm having. It does absolutely no good to know what my weaknesses or my tendencies are unless I can then turn around and manage those weaknesses and those tendencies in my life, right? And this is where most of us have the problem. Oh yeah, I know how I'm feeling right now, pastor. I'm totally in touch with that. But the problem is we don't know how to turn those negative feelings around. I know I'm having a bad day, pastor, but what we don't realize is that it's more than just knowing I'm having a bad day. It's knowing how do I manage that weakness? How do I manage that emotion? How do I turn around and lead myself from a bad day to a good day, from a weakness to a strength? Come on, right? And this is why self-leadership is so hard. Because it's not something that happens naturally. Like on our own, our own, if we just leave ourselves to our own nature and our own emotions, man, I'm telling you what, like we're going to be in bad mood all the time. Come on. And so what do we have to do? We have to have the spirit of God working inside of us. In fact, you really can't lead yourself. Let me just say it like this. Self-leadership, really, you know what it really is? It's really spirit leadership. It's saying, I am surrendering myself to, instead of me controlling, I'm surrendering control to the spirit of God in my life. In fact, this is what, this is what Paul was talking about in Galatians chapter 5, famous passage of scripture. And he talks about what happens when we try to lead ourselves, when we try to go by our own our own flesh, our own nature, what happens? He talks about all this stuff, division and problems and anger and, and malice and all this stuff that happens when we're led by the flesh. But then he goes around and he says, but when we begin to be led by the Spirit of God, when we begin to surrender control to the Holy Spirit in our life, look what he says happens. He says, this is where the fruit of the Spirit comes into play in, in Galatians 5.22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. In other words, here's what Paul is saying. Learning to manage ourself really comes to a place of saying, I am surrendering myself to the spirit's control. It's not self-control. It's spirit control. It's not self-leadership. It's spirit leadership. And here's what happens when I surrender to the spirit's leadership in my life. Then here's what can happen. I can manage my emotions. Right? I mean, for many of us, this is the biggest problem. And yet, what does he say? When the Spirit takes control of my life, here's what happens. I have love. And I have peace. And I have what? I have self-control. I can manage my emotions. I can manage my time. For a lot of people, this is your biggest problem. You don't know how to manage your time. Waste time. Don't show up on time. Over, you know, think, don't think it's going to take as long. And then it takes longer than you think. Come on, you know what I'm saying? But what does he say? He says, if the spirit is in control in my life, then guess what can happen? Then I'm going to have faithfulness. 
I'm going to be able to manage my relationships. I'm going to have love. And I'm going to have peace. And I'm going to have patience with others. I'm going to be able to manage my own motives. He says, I'm going to be filled with goodness. My motives are going to be good and correct and right. I'm going to be filled with with the ability to be able to manage my reactions. I mean, this is a big one for a lot of us. When stuff happens, like everybody knows how you're feeling because it's written all over your face. And the words that you say, and many of us, the biggest problem sometimes in leading others is that we don't know how to lead ourselves. We don't know how to manage our own reactions. But what does he say? If the spirit is in control, then we have kindness and we have gentleness and we have self-control. So here's the deal, guys. Every one of you has a person to lead. Who is that person? It's you. And it starts with self-awareness. It starts with moving from self-awareness to self-management, which really is just saying, hey, I'm letting go of control and I'm letting the spirit take control of my life. Everyone has a purpose to lead or a person to lead. Number two, write this one down. Some people have been given a platform for leading. See, here's the deal. Everybody has a person. Every one of you are called to lead yourself. But some of you, God has given you a platform. God has given you influence. He has put people in your life that you are responsible for leading. Not just yourself, but leading others. And this can come in all kinds of different forms. If you're, if you're a, a husband here today, God has given you a platform to lead in your family. If you, are, if you are a mom or a dad here today, you are a leader. God has put you on a platform to lead your children and to lead your family. Others of you, maybe it's, it's a more informal thing. Maybe it's, you know, hey, you're at work and you don't have a position, but people just kind of look to you. Or maybe it's, maybe it's through the words that you say that you're influencing others. Some of you, it's more formal, like you, you have a position, like you're, hey, you're the boss at work or you're, a, you know, at, at church, you're a life group leader or a pastor council member. And so people are formally looking to you to lead them. And here's what you have to understand that God puts you in that place. In fact, this is what the scripture has to say about it. in Romans chapter 12 and verse six. Look what it says. It says in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. And if your gift is serving others, then serve them well. And if you are a teacher, teach well. And if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. And if it is giving, then give generously. And if God has given you leadership ability, then take that responsibility. What? Everybody say it. Take it seriously. See, some of you are here today and God has put people in your life that you are leading. And here's what you have to understand. That's a serious responsibility. And one day you're going to be held accountable for how you led, not just how you led yourself, not just if you had a position to lead, but if you have influence, one day you're going to stand before God and give account for what you did with that influence. It's something to be taken very seriously. Now, I know that that begs the question. Some of you go, well, how do I know if God wants to give me a platform to lead? How do I know if I'm supposed to be a leader? And the answer is really simple. In fact, I'm going to blow you away with how deep and profound it is. You ready for this? All right. If you want to know, am I called to be a leader? Here's what you do. Look around. Is anybody following you? 
And if they are, guess what? You're called to be a leader. In fact, I like what one guy said. He said, if you're calling yourself a leader and, you're, and no one's following you, you're just taking a walk. <laughs> right? And here's as simple as this. Like when I look around in my life, are people looking to me? Are people following me? And if they are following me, then that means God has given me a platform to lead. God has put me there. And I got to take that responsibility seriously because one day I'm going to stand before God. And here's what you've got to understand, guys. Whether you're trying to lead or not, if people are following you, you're leading. Whether you want to be a leader or not, if people are following you, you're leading. Man, I hate it when I hear sports guys and stuff, and they'll say, you know, like famous athletes and say, well, I'm not a role model. Yes, you are. People are looking at you. People are following you. And guess what? If you're a dad or a mom or a boss, or if you aren't any of those things, but people are following you and you are influencing them, you are a leader whether you want to realize it or not. And here's what you have to understand. You can lead in a good direction or you can lead in a bad direction. But either way, you're still leading. And here's another thing you've got to understand. Everything. Everybody say everything. Everything is leadership. If you have influence, everything you do is leading. Your attitude. You're leading. Your words. You're leading. Your face. <laughs> Come on. It's, it's leadership. Your emotions. Your relationships. Your family. Your posture. Your actions. Your Instagram. Your Facebook. Come on, right? Where you go on the weekend. Everything you do is leading. If you have influence. So what do you have to understand? Two things. Write them down. Number one. If I have a platform to lead. I have it only because God gave it to me. God put me there. And he put me there to lead for him, not to lead for myself. I mean, you look at it throughout the scripture over and over and over. Every single great leader in the scripture was a great leader only because God put them on that platform. Moses, he was just a little baby who was abandoned as a kid. But God put him in Pharaoh's house and rose him up to lead Joseph. He was just a little boy with a dream. But God brought him to Pharaoh's house and put him in a position to lead David. He was just a shepherd boy out with the sheep. But God put him in leadership position as the king Daniel, he was, he was really a nobody in a strange and foreign land. But God gave him influence with Nebuchadnezzar and with the king and put him in the right place at the right time. Nehemiah, God was the one who gave him the audience with, with the king. Paul, he was the one that got knocked off the horse and God put him. Come on, over and over and over we see throughout the scripture that if someone was a leader, it was only because God put them there. And they didn't lead for themselves or their own agenda. And you can watch it. They led for what God wanted to do. Here's the deal, guys. The temptation is if I have people following me, I'm going to lead them in a direction that benefits me. But true and godly leadership says, if people are following me, I realize the reason people are following me is because God put me here. And I'm going to lead for God's purposes in their life. Number two, write this one down. Letter B. If you have a platform to lead, here's what you have to remember. That if you fall off the platform, somebody's going to get hurt. We've all seen it, haven't we? Like we've seen pastors, politicians, 
Some of you seen parents who were placed in a place of authority and people were following them and they made mistakes and they, they fell off the platform. And guess what happened? Not only did they get hurt, but everybody that was watching, everybody that was following, everybody that was trusting, come on, they got hurt too. And the higher the platform, the harder the fall. And the more others are hurt by the fall. And so we have to understand if I've been placed in a position of authority and leadership and people are following me, whether that means I'm a leader at work or whether that means I'm just people are looking to me. I'm a parent. I'm a whatever. We have to understand that people are watching. And when we blow it, man, we don't just hurt us. We hurt others, too. And so here's the here's the key. You ready for this, guys? The key to making sure that you don't fall off the platform is to stay as far away from the edge as you possibly can. It's just true. And here's the thing, guys, is that some most of the time when people when people fall in leadership, you know why it is? It's because they start thinking as they rise higher and higher, they start thinking the rules don't apply to me. It's what happened with Samson. And here's the thing is leaders are held at a higher standard because we're leaders because others are watching. You as a leader, as a follower of Christ, you are a leader leading people to Jesus. You are held at a higher standard. And so if you fall, people are going to fall with you. People are going to get hurt. So you have to live your life. I'm going to fall. I'm going to stand so far away from the edge that if I do fall, I don't fall off of the edge and hurt myself and hurt others. And you say, well, what if I mess up? You know, isn't God going to restore? And yes, he does do that. And we've seen leaders that have fallen and God raises them up and restores. But there's always that fall. And most of the time they never rise back to the place of influence that they were before they fell. See, everyone has a person to lead. Some of you, God has given you a platform to lead. If you have that platform, you need to remember God gave it to you. And I ain't falling off because it's going to hurt me and hurt others. Number three, write this one down. Everyone has a person to lead. Some have a platform to lead. But notice this. God has given us a pattern to follow. Check this out, guys. True leadership I'm fixing to contradict everything I just said, but you're going to catch it. True leadership's not really leadership at all. <laughs> you know what true leadership is? It's really followership. In fact, let's just call it what it is. If you're, if you're a leader here today, you're, you know what you're not? You're not really a leader. You know what you are? You're the first follower. That's what leadership's all about. In fact, I studied the whole Bible. I never found one place in the whole Bible where God said, or Jesus said, Hey guys, come and help me lead. He didn't say it one time. You know what he said over and over? Come follow me. You know what a leader really is? A leader is one that says, hey, I'm going to just take the first steps towards following Jesus. I'm going to follow the pattern that he has given me to follow. That's what Paul said. Paul, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm the first follower. And I just want everybody else to follow me because all I'm doing is following Jesus. I'm following his example, his pattern for how to live. And if you want to know what true leadership is all about, you read the Gospels. You look at the life of Jesus and over and over, you will see what leadership was about. And I'll tell you, You could sum it up into one word. You know what it was? Servanthood. Over and over. This is how Jesus led. He served. He left his throne in heaven to come down to earth, take on human form so that he could serve us. He took up a towel and he he washed the disciples' feet when they should have been washing his feet. And why did he do that? To show them 
what it means to be a servant. He laid down his life on a cross, giving himself up for us, showing us what it really means to be a leader. What does it mean to be a servant? See, here's the problem with most leadership in our world today is most leadership is about me. How can I lead in a way that benefits me? But true leadership is about how can I serve others in a way that benefits them? In fact, this is what Paul talked about in Philippians chapter two, verse three. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others, but be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourself. Don't look only to your own interests, but take an interest in others too. For you must have what? Everybody say it out loud. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. That though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to, but instead he gave up his divine privileges. He took up the humble position of a slave and he was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death upon the cross. Paul says the attitude that Jesus had, the way that he lived, this is the model for us. This is the pattern for us to live that if I'm going to lead myself and if I'm going to lead others, here's what I got to do. I got to take up my cross and I got to follow Jesus. I got to lay myself down for others because that's what true leadership is really all about. This month we've been We've been asking you to make your nominations for pastor's council. And today's the last opportunity to do that. And as you make those nominations, here's what I'm challenging you to do. Look for people who are leading themselves. Look for people who God is giving a platform, an influence that others are following. But most importantly, look for people who say, I'm here to serve. Guess what, guys? It's not just pastor's council. It's you. Every single one of you, you have a person to lead. God's called you to lead yourself, to be led by the spirit, to live according to spirit and not the flesh. Some of you, though, God is raising you up and saying, hey, it's time for me to step into a position of leader. You look around and you see that people are looking to you and people are following you. And it's time to step up. And God is speaking to some of your hearts in that now. And when it comes down to it, it's really all about following Am I following his pattern and his example as I'm leading my family, as I'm leading my spouse, as I'm leading in my ministry, as I'm leading at work, as I'm, as I'm posting on social media, as I'm, as I'm living my life wherever I am? Am I setting the example that Jesus set? <laughs> 